open your Bibles or turn them on or whatever, you're, however you're going to get there. I'm in Luke, the second chapter. I'm going to pick up with verse 15. Last Sunday, I ended with verse 14. And I'm going to pick up tonight with verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And when they went in haste, they found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. So where we left off in, in, in Luke uh, this past Sunday, we were at this place, there was a declaration, but there was also an invitation. So both of those were in this story. So, uh, you know, glory to God in the highest, realms of heaven and, or, and on earth, peace and goodwill among men whom he, God, is well pleased. And that, that phrase caught me, in whom God is well pleased. So I want to just explore that a little bit tonight and maybe give you something to think about over the next couple days. So at the birth of Christ, who was God well pleased with? Mary. She would probably qualify more than anybody. Who, but he says, he, he mentions on the earth. And on the earth, peace to men whom I'm well pleased. So who, who was God actually pleased with? You know, one scripture says we could look and say, well, none are righteous, no, not one. We could, and and, I, and that's, that's a true verse. Not to, so if, if none are righteous, not one, who was God well pleased with at the coming of his son? And the fact that he said earth, he didn't say who in Israel is God well pleased? Who on the earth is God well pleased? That encompasses a lot of square miles. And as somebody pointed out, was it Mary or Joseph? Was it the shepherds? You know, the angel's declaration was to the earth. So how did Yahweh see the world at the Messiah's coming? Who was he pleased with? Was it that God was well pleased in the Son, Jesus, to reconcile us to himself and call us all sons and daughters? Was it that at the coming of Messiah, God actually was well pleased with the earth? Now that shifts some of our theological thinking, because for some of us, depending on where we've, we've taken in information, we've been taught that God is not well pleased with anybody unless they receive Jesus as Savior. Now, 
receiving Christ as Savior is of the utmost importance. I'm not minimizing that. But the problem is Jesus has just been born. He's a baby. He hasn't done anything. But yet God is well pleased with men. So the declaration in Luke 2.14, where we left off, is a now statement. It's not a future statement. So in Luke 2.14, it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. So that's a now statement. God, at the birth of Messiah, God was well pleased with men. You're like, but... We're sinful, we're broken, we're evil, we're dark, we're, you know. Yes, we have the capacity to be any of that. But we were still his creation. We were still the one that he had created and formed out of the dust and said, this is good. This is good. The shepherds, gladly received the good tidings without questioning or comment about how could God be well-placed with us. Not Nowhere in the narrative do we find anybody going, well, I'm, I, I'm a wretched man that I am. How could you be well-placed with me? They each received this and went with it. The shepherds didn't question. Their, what they said was, let's go and find out what the heck's going on. The angels just declared that something has happened in Bethlehem and we've got to go. We've got to see it. The invitation to come is there. And they went not at all feeling like they were disqualified to come. And we know that in that, in that societal caste system that was there, shepherds were not the people you wanted to bring to dinner because they stank. They lived with animals their whole life. So they, they, in the pecking order of humanity, they were pretty low. And yet that, they were the ones that were invited to come and see. Yep. One, maybe, because they didn't have an aversion to a stables. <laughs> Other people would have meant, well, I've got, I've got my good shoes on tonight. I can't go in the barn. Others would have went, I ain't going in the barn anyway. These guys were like, hey, we live in the barn. We're just going to go. This, this is homecoming for us. Let's go see what's going on. So they, but still they received it and they were, they were, let's go see. They were filled with joy. They were filled with some sense of what has just happened. I mean, we're sitting here. I mean, think about it. We're sitting here and, and tending the sheep, tending the flock, and all of a sudden, the unseen and invades where we're at. And now we've got one, one angel making a declaration and then the, the heavenly host, however many that was, showing up and singing. That's not the normal around the campfire night. Of course, they're like, oh my goodness. And there were other shepherds that were tending sheep. There were other people in other parts that were tending sheep. But this group of shepherds, here they are, and all of a sudden, bam, heaven shows up and makes an announcement. 
and they go. So when I pondered that, I came to this place, I'm like, you know, I think Yahweh's view of the incarnation is a lot different than my view. I think my view keeps trying to disqualify me from having a part in, in the incarnation. And his view is constantly trying to qualify me to have it a part in the incarnation. The invitation is the same. Come and see the Christ. It's always about seeing the Christ. So I'm not in, you know, sometimes when you, people will, will have you say things that you're not saying. What I'm saying is Christ is the center. Christ is where we have to see. But the invitation is to come. God is not looking to disqualify. He's actually qualifying everyone. All may be reconciled. All may be saved. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. And I just challenge this. When, when, when the knee bows and the tongue confesses, it's not because I got a boot on my neck saying confess or, or die. Because that's not love. Love is coming to this place where out of my heart something shifts, something changes. And I realize this is the Christ. This is the living God. I don't even know what the heck that means. My, my conversion experience, I've said it before, I'm not going to share it again tonight, but my conversion experience, right here, is, here I am, 17-year-old, don't know anything about God, and all of a sudden God intervenes, and I know it's God. You know, based on what? I don't know what it was based on. I just know it's God. Something happened, and I knew that it was something that had never happened before in my life. And it changed me, and it's still changing me. The invitation, come and see. Come and see. Come and see what I'm doing. Come and see what I'm doing. Come and see what I'm offering. Come and experience me. I'm, I, I just, God's view of, of the incarnation is just different than ours. We still try to frame it in our humanity and in the brokenness of our humanity, and in the, the structures of our humanity, and in the power, the power grids of our humanity, and God just shows up and says, now I'm here. Now what are you going to do about it? And he's not mad. The invitation is, I'm here. What are you going to do about that? What, how, how are you going to handle that? Because I got news for you. When he shows up, you're going to have to deal with it. You get to choose, but you're going to have to deal with it. He has showed up. So might it be that at this moment that the Father was actually filled with great joy? Might it be that this was the culmination of everything? That this is the point where God steps back in and says, okay, gang, I've been watching you for a while. I've made, some, I've made some comments. I've done a few things trying to get your attention. This is the beginning of a whole new way of living. 
I'm stepping onto the scene. And I'm not stepping onto the scene as a Greek God. I'm not stepping on the scene as a Roman God. I'm not stepping on the scene in any other way except as a baby in all the vulnerability of its infancy, I am stepping in and I'm taking on flesh. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was nothing, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So there was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, has come into the world. The true light that has given light to everyone has come into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He is the light. And I... And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he was seen in his glory. Glory as the only from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. From his fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. We all have received grace upon grace. You know, as we as we do this whole Christmas celebration, um, you know, there probably all of us in the room know that this December the twenty fifth is not the probable birth of Jesus. If if you if you were holding tight to that, I'm sorry. Just it's. It's just a birthday party. That's right. Because really, the, the, the long and the short of it is, although there's, there's a lot of historical things that we wanted to go into, you know, getting closer to when he was born, but it doesn't make any difference. He was born. You know? And, and so I don't really care about all that. But what I do, what I do like about the fact that we, use, we celebrate his birth this is this you know the uh, December the 21st was the winter solstice 
So we're, we're right at the, we're within days of the winter solstice. And I love the fact that we celebrate Jesus' birth during that season. Because we, we lose sight of it in our cultures because we just walk in and hit a switch and we got light. But to live in those, these cultures of the day, when darkness showed up and most of the day was dark, that, that was what you lived in. You didn't walk someplace, you know, with your LED flashlight. You know, you didn't like just hit a switch and everything lit up. You know, you had a little oil, oil lamp here and you had a little oil lamp there. And, and it, it, to, to have light meant work. To have light was, was difficult. And I, I had no comprehension of that myself until the first time I went to Haiti. And when the sun goes down in Haiti, it's black. You can't see nothing. And the problem is, a lot of the people are, are also that dark. You can't see them either. I've walked into people. And like church would start, and we would have this like little Coleman lantern, this little teeny Coleman lantern, and that was all the light we had. And we were having church, and like over 100 people would show up for the church service. Well, when they're walking to the service, you don't know they're walking to the service. <laughs> and then they step into the service, and they're there. And it was like, it, it was phenomenal to me, because what I, what I could not, I had no grid for in my life is, when it's dark, it's really dark. <laughs> so, you know, so we have to think for a moment. So here's this place. It's the winter solstice. It's dark. And light is something of celebration. Just to come into a room that there's enough light that we could all see each other like we, we get the privilege of tonight just by hitting the switch, but where a room is lit enough that we could all come in and see one another, that in of itself was a point of celebration. That in and of itself was a point of joy. I can actually see your face. So we, in our culture, we've lost this, but our forefathers, light was a luxury. So in the, in the depth of winter, there's this seasonal transformation. Winter represents this place. I mean, over and over again through, through history, it's, it's been poems have been written, songs have been sung, things have been said. But um, we're in this place where of seasonal transformation, of, of, in a sense, a place of death where we watch in this season things, things pass, things die. We, we, we have a, an anticipation of rebirth, but rebirth hasn't started yet. And even in our natural bodies, we're in this place right now, all of us, whether we can create this artificial stuff or not, but my body needs vitamin D. So does yours. We get it from the sun. So this is a season of vitamin D depletion for us just at a physical level. And for some people, that affects them more than others. We know that in, these, in this season, depression is, is at a higher place. 
that people struggle more. You know, where I need vitamin D, my body is struggling in that. So we live in that. And then we get to celebrate the coming of light. And I don't know about you, but as we move through the winter months and you get to that place where the days start to get a little bit longer and then the day's just a little bit warmer, there's something that starts to rise in us, that sense of hope, that sense of expectation, that sense that the seasons are still the seasons. They still are, are happening. Um, and then we get to this place where, as I just read in John, the word became flesh and was the light of men. Jesus has come as the light. And, and there's, there's we, we, we talk about, oh yeah, Jesus is the light of the world, light of the world. And we, we almost minimize it, or we do minimize it. But it's this place where oh, Jesus has come as light, as light. He's come as that place where I've been in darkness. I've been surrounded by things that, that hold me captive. And Jesus, in the midst of that, comes as light. He is the light shining in the darkness. And I... I, I and I responded to somebody this week that was talking about darkness and, and kind of, you know, drawing into darkness. Don't be afraid of darkness and da, da, da. And I'm like, one of the things I've realized in my life is the sharpest light is in the darkest place. If it's completely dark in this room, all I have to do is light a match and light begins to fill this room. Now... Obviously, it, it doesn't have the reach, but still, if I light a match in this totally dark room, that light will start to touch everything. So Jesus has come as the light of men. He's come to, to put something into us, to offer something to us that transforms us from darkness to light. So one, you know, kind of, a, and like, if you were to come to visit us, um, and you got to the house about four thirty, especially today, it would be dark. But throughout the house, I, I'm 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 one of these people that um, I I struggle with technology. But I also really like some of the cool stuff that it does. So years ago, I discovered this highly complex device called a timer. Now, it took me several timers to find one I could actually use. I've never seen how you can take. All I needed to do was on and off. And you send me instructions that are unreadable because they're tiny, 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 folded up with the timer. And I am incapable of figuring the stupid thing out. So I tried this, I tried that. So I finally found a timer that worked for me. 
to which I quickly went out and bought a lot of those timers and threw all the other ones away because I'm like, I'll never use that again. We have a few. I've chucked quite a few, yeah. We, we do have some. They're not all gone. Although I can get rid of them tonight when we get home. But the, the, this, this, is, this is the point of the story, not whether I threw them all away or not. This is the point of the story. If you came to visit us, come to visit us around 4.30. All the timers are, gen, are, are set for around 5 o'clock. So at 5 o'clock, our house is dark, or right before 5, our house is dark, the yard is dark, everything is dark, and then light starts coming. Trees start lighting up. Wreaths start lighting up. Garland starts lighting up. Now, my OCD, I'm still working that it should be exactly, <laughs> everything should exactly hit at the same time. I have not hit that yet. It's still a progression, but I'm close. I'm close. Um, so everything lights up. And, and that's, I, I think, for me, so when we celebrate Christmas, people are like, oh, I don't know, I think it's over, too commercial, it's this, it's that. The thing that brings me joy in Christmas is that it's light. There's, we, we light things up. We light up trees. We light up windows. We... we light up all kinds of stuff. We put goofy inflatable things in our front yard going whoop, whoop, whoop. I, I, it just, that only makes me want to ride through the neighborhood with a pellet rifle. But again, that's just me and I won't say any more about that. And if yours deflated, it wasn't me. But we light things up. What is it about us and Christmas? that we're, we want things to light up. We want light to come. I think it's the very, it's, it's God in us, the light of every man. There's something in us that we know intrinsically. When light comes, it's better than darkness. When light comes, something happens. I can see things. I, I feel about things. I, I feel a sense of joy when something lights up. And I, we have added a new Christmas tree this year, and I love that tree. It's just beautiful. And I, I love it when it comes on. I like just sitting in the room and watching it. It doesn't do anything. I'm, it just stands there with lights on. Yeah, for the record, it's not going in circles. There's no thing going boop, boop, boop in the tree. It just stands there, and it's lit up. And I can sit for a long time, just mesmerized by the light of that tree. And it brings me joy. It brings me, there's a lot of emotions that come out. And I'm like, how, why is that? Because Jesus is the light that's in all men. And there's something in us, there's something deeply in us as human beings that even when I can't define it, even when I don't understand it, and even when I pull against it, it doesn't change it. Jesus is the light that's come into all men. And he's there. And there's something in us that responds. You know, uh, when we look at the temple, there was the lampstands in the temple. When you walked into the tabernacle, the lampstands were there. It was dark. 
It was dark. But when they walked in, the lampstands were there. You know, Revelations, Jesus talks about the lampstands, how important they are, that our lampstands should be illuminated. It should be burning bright. And in this Christmas season, let it be this place where light, and we celebrate light. And, and instead of working hard to be against something, commercialism or whatever it is, what, what does it look like if I actually start to be for light wherever it's manifesting? And if they light up Christmas trees in the middle of a square, great. And regardless of what, what one person or a group of people might say or think or, or push as you know, their agenda, the agenda I'm just going to choose to, to look at and participate in is Jesus is the light of the world. And it isn't just December 25th. It's all the time. He's always light. He's always manifesting. He's always stirring in us to come deeper, to come and see, to do as the, as the shepherds. Man, let's go see what, what's happening. What in the world's going on? You know? Because in most things, it's not going to come to you. You are going to have to go to it. So go and see in this season. Go and see what he's doing. So I've been trying to figure out how we're going to do this. So this is, this is the plan. This is what I've come up with. I was trying to work out lighting the candles and doing communion. But since we've, we as human beings have two hands, it's going to be difficult to do three things with two hands. And I don't want to trouble us tonight. This should be a night of joy. Yeah, 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 we'll be scraping stuff off the floor for the next six months. So this, this, is, this is what I'd like to do. Uh, I want to do lighting the candles. And um, after we've done this, because it's just, it's just going to be quiet when we do it. I'll explain it a little bit in a bit. But after we've lit the candles... Just take a moment and reflect on Jesus as the light of the world. And when you're ready, um, come up and have communion, and we'll have the basket wherever it got to. We'll have the basket. You can just blow your candle out. It'll be here on the chair, and you can just leave your candle there and come up and have communion. That way you don't have to do three things with two hands. That's the best plan I've been able to come up with. If anybody's got a different plan, speak up now or forever hold your peace. So this, this, is, this is how he's going to do it. So I need all, everybody's got a candle. We were passing them around. So everybody's got a candle. You need one. Everybody got a candle?
So what I would like is, after everybody, they're coming in, when everybody gets in the room, if we can shut off all the lights in this room and if somebody can shut off the lights in the cafe. So let's, let's get the place as dark as it can be. So again, we're going to, we're going to, what I'm going to do is light this candle off of these candles, and then I'm going to light one candle. And then we're just going to light the candles going back. Just whoever's got a candle, light off of that candle. Because what we're, what we're really uh, demonstrating is the light that comes into the world it's not a huge spotlight that somebody flicks a switch and it comes on, but it's a growing light. It's a light that continues to invade darkness wherever darkness is. It is the leaven of the kingdom that is leavening the whole lump, but it happens over time. It's not, it's not a spontaneous thing.